Hey y'all, before we jump into today's episode, we would like to invite you to a special event we're hosting on May 30th called Women in Whiskey. Join us for an adult field trip filled with Southern fun at the Jack Daniels Distillery right here in our home state of Tennessee. Get ready to learn while sipping. We will be taking a private tour of the distillery, enjoy a barbecue lunch on the beautiful hillside, and partake in early happy hour with cocktails provided by Jack Daniels as we listen in on a conversation with women who work in the industry. The conversation will be led by yours truly, your hosts of the Steel Magnolias podcast. Learn more about the event at steelmagnoliaspodcast.com. You can grab your tickets there and we cannot wait to see you on May 30th. And now on with the show. Welcome. We had a big week here in the South for horse racing. Yeah, we did a whole episode on the Derby last week, and <laughs> it had was an, an interesting in- outcome this year. The 145th had a um, first time ever horse that crossed the finish line that got disqualified. Yikes! Yeah, yeah. that was beyond for interference, beyond awkward. The <laughs> What did I call it? The most exciting two minutes in sports. Turned into the most exciting, what, half hour? At least 25, 30 minutes. And I'm sure Vegas blew up with the outcomes because it was with that interference call and that horse being disqualified, um, the horse that became the winner was a 65 to 1 odds horse with Country House. Yes. So, yeah, I'm sure Vegas... I've been thinking about that whole team around each of those horses all morning. I know. How bad I feel for the disqualified horse and what an odd victory that must have been to accept as the winners in the, you know, reclaimed victory for Country House. Well, and I even was thinking about the horses that got interfered with, War of Will being one, that then didn't. Yeah, well, you know, like his sh- path was straight. He could have actually been the winner. It shifted and everything. It shifted everything. So while there's always a little tightness and bumping in a twenty yeah. horse race, yeah, that was unusual. Yeah. So, well, it was interesting. It was a, that's for sure. I had something I wanted to correct. I asked if I could bring correction. I don't like giving incorrect information on on our podcast. I think I had in my head on our episode last week that a female jockey had never won. And I had said a female had never won. Right. But there have been three fillies who have won the Kentucky Derby. All right. Horses. In 1915, we had Regret. In 1980, Genuine Risk. And in 1988, Winning Colors. Okay. All three female filly horses. Still no female jockey. Still no female jockey. So. Maybe next year. Yeah. Well, we have a really fun show planned for today. I wore my y'all 
t-shirt. I love it. It looks like a Yale college shirt. Yeah, it looks like the the font and lettering for Yale, but it's actually a y'all shirt. And um, I wore it because we're talking about Southern dialects today. And um, we'll be very excited to introduce and share with you towards the end of our episode today, our very special guest that's here joining us, Um, but we're going to save her for the very end. So we wanted to talk about Southern dialects because obviously the Southern accent (laughs) is an easy point of conversation because it comes up the moment us Southerners speak. That's right. So I have been told that I don't really have a Southern accent, but of course I have a double name. So Southernness comes up upon me. And there are many things you say that are very Southern. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. You, you, hear that you have a southern accent or no does it come up very much depends on who it is so people who have thicker accents than i might not think i have a thick accent but then just this weekend i was doing a teaching at my church and i had a couple people who were um from washington state that had a they picked up on on a couple things that i say so anyhow but yeah i studying communications in college was interesting because you're kind of trained to drop things just in communication, or do you think in general we're trained to drop our Southern accent? Probably, uh, maybe altogether, but definitely when you're communicating, yeah. they want you to sound more neutral. And so I feel like I did drop some of it yeah. in college. Yeah. And I, in fact, I recently saw a video of myself from being in youth group as a okay teenager, and I was really amazed at how, how thick it was thicker. Wow, that's interesting. I've also been around, well, I think many things affect. I think, you know, um, where we're going to talk some dialects and where they have remained the thickest Mm -hmm. are more remote places. Small towns. We've talked about with all of the moving in of really the world. It's not even just the nation. Right. We are hearing different dialects and accents all the time and becoming more the same. Yeah. So, and with television and podcasts and all of this, we're hearing all these voices, whereas you used to only hear the voices in your in your town. community. And there were, yeah. A, so they remained more. Yeah. And a more rural group of people are going to have less a, city They don't invasion. travel as much. They don't have as many travelers. There's gonna, right. It's going to remain more. And so I thought that was just an interesting observation in going, mm-hmm. well, why these areas have... Yeah. These thick dialects. Well, that's why. Yeah. Um, and so I think we're all. And I would say just as we're going to be diving into this and some of this is going to feel like a poke or a jab, which if there's any poke or jab, it's at ourselves because we are Southern. Well, I'm glad you said that. But I don't want anyone to lose their Southern no. accent. Like there's such history and roots to the stuff that we're going to be talking about today that I don't, I hope no one does feel shame or, um, I'm so some sort of ridicule yeah. at that because it's actually just quite beautiful the way we do grow up learning language from our family, from That's generations right. past, from our homes and communities. And so I don't want people to feel like they have to shift the way they speak yeah and based I even, on any of this. I even think as we're conversing if I am saying words trying to talk about a particular dialect I'm not gonna do it right sure <laughs> and I'm not gonna sound as like 
as it's not going to sound as lovely as they would sound. And yeah. I also don't want that to be taken as, oh, who does she think she is? Right. Because um, we all have dif- differences that are beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But I loved something I found in a book that I just wanted to read. It's from a book called The Southerner's Handbook. And it was put out by Garden and Gun. Magazine. That's a good book. That's a, a guide book. to living the good life. Um, they have a section on Southern dialects. And I just wanted to open with, with what it says. It says, folks in other parts of the country might think it's all one slow draw. But as anyone who has traveled from New Orleans to Tennessee can tell you, the so-called Southern accent is actually a collection of accents as different from one another as a beignet and a skillet of cornbread. Linguists identify a half dozen or more distinct ways of speaking in the South alone. And though we all speak a little bit differently, a few unique dialects stand out from the rest. That's true. So I just wanted us to talk about some of these yeah. major categories. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's like micro categories of that course. you could go into because, you know, the accent changes from Southern state to state and even city to city mm-hmm. within that same state. That's right. So there could be lists upon lists, but yeah, we're just going to try and hit some, some hi- highlights. Highlights and, and yeah, there may be even different names for those highlights. And yeah, so I guess I'll just start with this books categories. They had five categories okay. and then you can add in Absolutely. or we'll tell other names for it. Their first one was Cajun English. Okay. So spoken by Cajuns living in Louisiana and up through the Gulf of Texas. It's influenced by Cajun French. So it's the historical language of the Cajun people who descended from Acadian settlers. Okay. And others. So it's Acadian being that Nova Scotia, Canada. Yeah. Area. In night in excuse me, in seventeen sixty five, many of them moved to French owned Louisiana when the British took control of Nova Scotia. Okay. So that's why there's this influence. Right. Um of that. So and French is very different than English. Yes. So Cajun English is a very interesting mix. Kind of its own little beast. Of- yeah. And then I've even heard that like New Orleans has its own yeah. accent. Uh-huh. And I, another one that's in down. this list is even, yeah, is mentioned with a different name that we'll get to too. So yeah, so there's many things we could say about it. Um, one thing that this mentioned was that I think it was from Wikipedia that I saw was the deletion of the final consonant is something that you see a lot. So the word f o o d might say they might say foo. Okay, got any foo? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, and then there's lots of different um, pronunciations that are a little different. The word a s k they might say ax. Okay, it's ask. Uh-huh. Sounds like A-X. Ax. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then certain things that are T-H sound like a D. So the word they would be day or... Yes, I've heard this. Yeah. Them, dem, D-E. It mm-hmm. sounds like D-E-M. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I had read that even just traits of the accent include the lowering and rounding of A and O sounds. Okay. And when I was digging into a lot of this... It seemed to be, just as a general statement, that the vowels were places where the southern accent starts to look different than yes, the rest I would of the agree country. With that. Yeah. And the letter R. I don't know. Something about vowels and the letter R. And some things dropping. Either dropping it, either <laughs> emphasizing it. You know, because up in um, 
kind of the Northeast, some of the Boston accent. Uh huh. R is also that's the right. indicator. You that's know, talk the car. That's right. Right? Like, R is like the driving sort of indicator that of really that accent. So, anyway, I just thought that was. Another thing in the Cajun English, um, and I've definitely heard this the name of the state, Louisiana. Yeah. They say Luciana. Luciana. Like, okay. Like Luce, Luciana. Luciana. Okay. And I've definitely heard that. I'm from Lu- Luciana. Interesting. Um, and then some shortens again, enough. They just say enough. Mm-hmm. Think might be tink. And I've heard that. I remember hearing that in Ireland. I feel TH like I've heard that as well. Yeah, so that's just a few so things that's about Cajun you might English hear in a Cajun. New Orleans, southern Louisiana area. You're definitely going to hear that. wonder how much it even creeps because, you know... Definitely this mentioned that it creeps into the Gulf of Texas. That's where I was going to go, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, so... So that's that one. Yep. Okay, next on this particular list is Mountain English dialect. All or right. Some may call it more Appalachian English. Now, this is getting familiar. This is getting familiar for us. The traditional Appalachian dialect spread to the Ozark Mountains in northwestern Arkansas and southwestern Missouri as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Ozark and Appalachian English have been documented together as a single southern mountain dialect by some linguist studies and that kind of thing. So, I thought this was interesting. Extensive research has been conducted since the 1930s to determine the origin of the Appalachian dialect. There's different theories. One popular theory is that it's a preserved remnant of 16th century or Elizabethan English. Right. Um, And then another says that it's more the 18th century colonial English. Appalachian English has been often attributed to like l- lack of education yep even is... in characters in movies and things like that um this is the hillbilly talk exactly right? though research has largely disproven those stereotypes still due to prejudice that's often been an impediment even to improving um, the social advancement in those areas right so this is primarily north carolina Tennessee, but then you said it always also goes all the way over to well, like that Appalachian area. I I think just mountain language, like the Appalachian mountains. Some of those people later go to the Ozark areas, and so it's both mountain. Oh, okay, kind of areas. Gotcha. Is the reason they're put together and sound similar? Okay. So I had seen that a common trait is words ending in I am. E-N or E-M. Yes. So they, I'll just give you an example. So like the name Ben, I'm saying it, trying to, you know, put emphasis on the correct pronunciation. Ben would be Bean. Uh Bean. Yes, I've definitely heard that. Um, So long O sounds are also usually fronted more. Goose could sound more like Gus. It's funny. <laughs> anyway. There's so many different... It's great to have examples, though, because a lot of times... Absolutely. I've got lots of different funnies know. from Appalachian, just because this one is familiar to me. I think also another thing that this mentioned that you see a lot is um, par- participle forms ending in ing. Um, 
but people add this a prefix to it. So they'll say, it's really funny, but I have heard it. My cousin had a little pony and we was a riding it one day. Okay. I'll add this. uh, A riding. A riding. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, just, there's many examples of different things like that. Another, yeah, we's a coming over about five. All of a sudden, a bear come a running. Yeah, yeah, a coming. That's what I. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> so when you funny. said that. That's the kind he of. He just the... kept a begging. <laughs> oh my um, yeah, funny, funny, funny. Um, so that's one of the things that it mentioned. Let's see what else here. A strong verb such as do in place of a past tense. Like people will say, I done it already instead of I did it already. Or, or I have done it already. Right. I done it. Or people would might would might say I seen instead of I yes. saw. Yeah. So just using that. That's a common thing you might see. Uh gosh. <laughs> The construction, oh, this is a big one that's d- difficult for me. The construct, I mean, that to hear it doesn't, yeah. it's hard for my ears to take a double negative. So, yep. I don't have none. We actually, you and I used to joke about this with some of our family members that would do oh, this. Yeah. Like we would, because we would know, just look at just, each other. Just being punks, you know, yeah. like in our younger age of like, oh, so she does have it. Cause she basically just told me she <laughs> did. She don't have none. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, and we thought we knew it all. Well, we? and it's also funny in thinking through this, when you get around someone that is in your family or friend, kind of getting back to your roots that has a thicker accent in any of these, Yes, how much you kind of, like almost like your muscle memory, you just like retract back. Go to back it. to it. Like, do you remember how much mom would get? She sounded thicker? different when she was back with Which, her Appalachian people. Even just on the phone, if she was on the phone with our yes. great aunt Betty, I mean, it was thick inland. Mountain. And we're looking at each other like, "Who's that? Who's on the phone? What? Ha- what? She's like, what's happening? That's yeah. right." Another one that I think is a funny one is uh, a measurement such as a foot will often retain a singular form when used in a plural tense. So somebody might say, we need six foot of drywall (laughs) instead of six feet of drywall. Um, And oh my goodness, there was a long list of different Appalachian like dialect in different words. It's not giving all of the reasons why. It's just yeah. saying here's some yeah. different things that I thought were really and and some of them are even like slang words that you might hear. Okay, there's slang words that are particular to a region. Um, so one that made me laugh was cathead was on here. Are you serious? Which is what we've heard about a biscuit that yeah. we didn't know what that was. We, a cat head biscuit. We got stumped when someone asked us how how do you describe a cat head biscuit and we didn't even know what that was. And then here's one I'll ask you as a question, Laura Beth. A brand name soda. Okay. That's spelled C O C A and then C O L A. That's the oh. brand name. How have you heard people, <laughs> including Larry Beetle, say this? That would be a Coca-Cola. A Coca-Cola. <laughs> Bring me a Coca-Cola. Now, see, at first I thought people were trying to say a cold cola. Which I can see why you would think that. Still didn't hear the whole word cold, but it just <laughs> seemed to make more sense than them dropping the, the CA of Coca-Cola. Yes. Which, by the way, to people who are not from the South, also all sodas. sodas are Coke. 
<laughs> bring some Coke. I thought you were going to say Coca-Cola to the potluck. is out of Atlanta. I wouldn't want you to bring all Cokes. I really want you to bring some Sprite. And A variety some... of Cokes. <laughs> but we just say Coke. A spread of Cokes. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's so many things here that are funny to me in this category. Um, another one that resonated that I've heard a lot is people might use the word directly to mean like later after a while. I'll be there directly. Oh, I've never heard that. Oh yeah. I'll be there directly. Okay. That's interesting. Um, gosh, there's so many. Um, This would be probably though, I'm kind of asking you the question, the type of dialect in TV that they would use to make someone look a little bit more redneck though. Right. Kind yes. Of. Yes. Okay. I would say so. That's hard for me to hear, but it is true. But I'm just That's trying, true. I'm kind of trying to give people examples of like how, where have they heard these different, yeah. you know, dialects if, yeah. if some of this isn't making sense. But so. sometimes I do think it's to make mountain people sound like they're all ignorant. Right. Too. Ignant. Ignant. They ignorant. <laughs> right. Neck. <laughs> Um, yeah, I could go on and on. I think that's probably enough, but yeah, definitely dropping G's fixing. I'm fixing. I'm fixing to go. And this may be also, well, I'm not sure which Southern group does this the most or if it goes across it, but across the board, but a lot of times there's just words that just straight up run together. Mm -hmm. You know, gonna going to Mm -hmm. let me let me. Yeah. I say it. 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 My husband called me out on that pretty early on in our marriage. I was like, I didn't realize I said it in it that much, but I do. Fix, fixing, Mm -hmm. fixing too. That's popular. Fixing too. I like the another one I hear pretty often is instead of saying kind of, people say kindly. Just kindly give it a little twist. Oh, okay. I don't know if I've heard that. Instead of just kind of, it's just kindly. kindly. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Well, that is Appalachian Mountain. How about this? Peace for a distance. He'd went up the road a piece. What? You've never heard that? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Am I even He'd have went up the road a piece to get on the main road. That's yeah. hilarious. Oh, I could go on and on. I got all kinds of them here. What about right smart? Like that, that's like, you are smart? No, it's a good deal of, like. No, I've never heard that in my life. A right smart piece. Like somebody would say, it's a right smart ways up the road to get to their house. What? No, I've never (laughs) heard that. That's crazy. What about Swanee? Okay, I have heard Swanee, but only because one of my neighbors put it on her list that her great-grandmother. I say that. Used to say. I've never heard you say Swanee. I've never no, I've I never. say usually, or I'll say I've never. Yeah, I've never. I'm Swanee. What, yeah. what is what's Swanee? I declare. What, well, but what is Swanee? It's, I don't know. <laughs> to swear, I think. Like, I swear. Oh, I swear. okay. Maybe you don't want to swear because that's kind of inappropriate. That's, I swanee. It's not very ladylike. I so I'm swanee. swanee. <laughs> Your swan's much more appropriate. What about, here's another one. My Michigan friends all think this is strange. Toboggan. Oh, yeah. It's a hat when it's snowing. Get your toboggan on. But to them, it's the actual sled sled that you would ride on. That is kind of weird that we do that here. That's a knit hat. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And what about yonder? 
That's a directional adverb. Yeah. Yonder Mountain String Band. Do you remember them? They were pretty good. <laughs> Look over yonder. <laughs> oh, girl, I could go on and on about all that. But, yeah. We like that group only because it, it's familiar. It's most familiar to us. Yeah. I actually loved the first one we mentioned, the Cajun English. When I... I just love to hear that. Well, I think if, you, it's, if you go on YouTube and listen to some videos, I mean, it, it's difficult, though. Somebody that is that really thick, that's throwing in some French words every once in a while, oh, too. that's with many of these. Like, if it's super thick, I'm, like, trying to catch my breath. I'm not even <laughs> sure what's happening. <laughs> that's how I feel about that. Okay, so that's Mountain. Okay, what's our next one? The next one on this list is called Outer Banks Brogue. Outer Banks is in North Carolina. Yeah. Now, this the, when I looked this one up on Wikipedia, it was the same area they were talking about, and they called it High Tider. Oh, okay. So, if you've heard of one or the... I think those are the same in, okay. in how we're talking here. Uh, just limited communities in the South Atlantic, rural North Carolina, the Outer Banks... Um, specifically including Atlantic, Sea Level, and Harker's Island in eastern Carteret County. Okay. So, and some of the Chesapeake Bay, you may hear it in. Ah, uh, yes. I did. Tangier I, and Smith Island. Okay. I knew that Chesapeake Bay area had its own sort of Okay. So, that's accent. what this is, High Tider or Outer Banks Bro. Okay. That we're going to be talking here. Just briefly, I don't have a lot on this one. I would love to hear from somebody that knew more on this one. Um, but some of the words that examples that I wrote down here that I've definitely heard was, um, kitchen where you cook as kitchen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the word M E S H maybe think, talking like a fishing net or something mesh. They would say mesh. Okay. Mesh. Um, the word F A I R, which I would say fair. Yes. They say more like. Fire. That yeah. ain't fire. That ain't fire. So again, with the vowels and R, like I yeah, mentioned earlier, yeah. seem to be the drivers of the differences Some here. different sounds. Uh, P-I-N or P-E-N are the same. That's merged. Pin, yeah. which I'm pretty sure I do I that. do that. <laughs> Another thing that was interesting, I, I was watching a video trying to hear this, um, and they used a word. I heard it more than once, and it's in this written um information as well the word ding batter and it refers to a visitor or recent arrival to the island and i thought well that's interesting because we say dingbat sure oh, gosh he's a dingbat and i wondered if just being a visitor you don't understand things you don't so know you look how like they an do idiot. things right i guess that's where we get the word dingbat and then they also have a word dit dot and dit dot is a term that was developed as a joke about Morse code, and it's a visitor to the island who has difficulty understanding their dialect. So I would probably be a dit dot because this seems a little confusing to me. So I did want to mention that one. I didn't find as many examples, and I don't know it as well. But well, I didn't find much on Outer Banks area like you're talking about, but I did find a lot on fur- further south down the coast, a coastal or lowland okay. sort of dialect which would include Charleston, Savannah. Okay. So this is going to be 
glide, you know, this is going to feature gliding vowels and elongated pronunciation of vowels. So this is how I picture everyone that's typecast as a rich Southerner. I was going to say, this sounds like the rich white Charleston it versus is. the Sea Island Creole. Yeah. this. I mean, okay. like when I think of like the movie Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil based mm-hmm. on the book, um, Kevin Spacey's character, that's what I picture okay. when I hear or read this description. And then there's even like a Charleston Southern accent. Cause again, like we said earlier, city to city, state by state, it's all different, but that would be, um, the avoidance of the final and middle R. We've mentioned that earlier a little bit too. And some of these other ones. So like river, river, river. Yeah. Our, like, you know, O U R our, our, Power. Mm-hmm. More like the time frame. Power would be power. Power. I mean, just mm-hmm. like, you know, R's turning into A-H's. <laughs> uh, future. 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 Yeah. Future. Uh, here would be here. Mm-hmm. I'm doing pretty good, aren't mm-hmm. I? I feel like I'm very Charlestonian <laughs> right now. Over. Over. Um, and then the pronunciation of house. In Charleston, apparently, is very strange. Is it? It's not quite Haas, like H-A-S-S. It's more like... Haas. Yeah. Haas. Haas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've heard that. I have heard that. Now, y'all come over here to, come on over, come to on. our river house for drinks. <laughs> and that's probably what they would be saying. Come on over to the house and we'll have some cocktails. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's um, that's the rich... <laughs> people in my mind the, the, white the coastal plantation owners there's also the sea island creole similar true area um mostly i i have heard that more as gullah geechee yep we mentioned two there. different people groups but gullah being in mostly that south carolina often charleston area yes geechee being more in the georgia and you'll often see that pulled together because Gullah Geechee, because it's a Creole language. Okay. Um, that's, there was many uh, West African mm-hmm. slaves that came yeah. over and that were even sadly owned by yeah. some of these other people. And so anyway, that influence and that has its own language not only its own language that's what i've already said before i think some of the best i think that's reason we have some of the best food mm-hmm. in charleston and new orleans yeah is this that influence influence from these you know people groups that were brought over here yeah they know how to do food yeah and um but they'll often have a lot of their own culture, too. I know when I was in Charleston, just got, getting to see those women make the yes. sweetwater baskets, that was the gala. Yeah, that's available at the market and several other places in Charleston, and they are gorgeous. Gorgeous. Absolutely, yeah. I couldn't afford one, but they were gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, th- this, you'll often have its own, it has its own sound, and it's very unique, and I'm yeah. often, when I've heard it, had to lean in. To try and get pieces of it because <laughs> yes. it's very different. Yes. Um, some of the same as some of the other things we've said. I've got some phrases here. Ooh, um, okay. That I just, again, I'm not trying to make fun of. I can't do this well. I'm doing the best I can. I know. I help them. They would say, a help them. Okay. Uh, it almost looks like a uh, help them. Yeah. A uh, help them. Yeah. Um, or 
I have helped them. I done help them. I I done help them. Absolutely. That was good, Lainey. I was helping them. I been a I been a help them. Okay. Kind of like I been. Isn't it funny how like the weight that movies carry though in culture like as you're doing this i'm like oh yeah like you know i'm thinking of yeah, characters, characters in my mind i was imagining some of forrest gump's accent almost sounded was like slim, that sling blade is what i was thinking did you ever I say sling seen blade that. no well yeah the character you do have but you go you go to so. characters in yeah. your mind yeah. that's right well there's many examples here of that but it's a very thick, its own kind of accent. And I and would say, I don't know, now I'm just stereotyping. I feel like that would be a group that wants to preserve and hold on to their culture and accent yeah. more than some of the others yeah. that we've described. I hope so. I hope, I, we've already said we hope they all will hold on yeah. to there, One thing I'm noticing here in a lot of these sentences, too, is what you already were saying of putting things together. And it almost looks melodic. Like I was looking at that big dog, comma, it bit him. They would say, the big dog a bit him. Wow. Yeah. That's almost more like, it almost looks more melodic to me. Like yeah. Like a song. Yeah. Which maybe that is kind of how they hear things is, was a song or something. I don't know, but. Well, and how weird is it that the whole Southern accent is usually described as slower, more drawn out, uh-huh. but yet here we are condensing all of our words. Yeah. Like you'd think that would speed it along That's if funny. we're sh- if we're shortening and condensing. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I didn't say this, but I came across and I have heard this before, a quote by Winston Churchill that I thought was really interesting. It said the most beautiful voice in the world is that of an educated southern woman. Come on now. <laughs> and it made me happy because I thought I think it's a beautiful sound that almost sounds like a song. Yeah. I totally so. agree. Anyhow, um, you got any more? I don't have any other specific dialects. I had some other pronunciations that I just think are interesting um, that I don't know who, what dialect to attribute them to. But I don't have any other groups. Do you? Well, one other one I had um, from this book again was they had a category. The spelling is Y-A-T. Okay. And it apparently comes from... Hey, there's a restaurant here called Y-A-T. Is there really? Yeah, it's well, in Cool Springs. Yats. Okay. Well, apparently, I think it comes from the phrase, where are you at? Okay. They say, where you at? Okay. Okay. And so this is, uh, it says American English native to the city of New Orleans in the metropolitan area. Native English speakers of the region actually speak a number of varieties, including the variety most recently brought in and spreading since the 20th century among white communities of the South in general. I'm getting too long here. Hold on, because it's mentioning different ones. Basically, what they were saying is this one, the term yat, refers to the New Orleans accents that are strongest, most especially reminiscent of a working class New York City accent. Oh, weird. Okay. Do you have any examples? Besides yet? Yeah. Where yet? Yeah. This um, has got to be where that restaurant got its name from, because I think it's a New Orleans kind of Creole. I didn't know where it, why it was called yet. This has got to be what it is. 
It says here, port cities like New Orleans and New York City have caused the growth of similar dialects as both cities attracted European immigrants during the 19th century. The result has yielded similar dialects which combine sounds of Irish, German, Italian, and many other immigrant speeches which have blended with the local dialect to create a new variant. I don't have other examples. It does say that they would even use where yet as saying, how are you? It's not just where are you. Well, now that's weird. I'd be like. It's a way of asking, how are you? Where you at? I'd be like, I'm um, still at home. (laughs) (laughs) Where where you at? (laughs) Now, this might sound weird. Yeah, I don't know if I, but I was just thinking it's, it's funny to think, how are you? As saying that, because it reminds me of when God came to Adam and Eve and he said, where are are you? you? He knew exactly where they were. He's God. He didn't need to know where they were. Exactly. He really wanted to know what's going on with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why are you hiding? Where are you at in your heart and in your mind? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm for that reason, I'm like, it's kind of interesting to say, where are you at? Wow. Where are you at? I wish I had more examples. If you all have, if our listeners have examples of this. Yeah. Yeah. Would love to to know more. But that's the only specific dialects I came across. I could, you know. Well, I think most of these sort of southern pronunciations are, you know, you can identify them even if you're not from here. It might just take a second. You know, like dog is dog. You know, there's just some drawn out things. I do think it's funny when I hear Diddy. I'm like, that's daddy. That's daddy. Diddy. Not- or it could be a song, Little Diddy, about Jack and Diane. Well, that's but, true. Uh, yeah, I know. Most people but yeah, far, fire, fella. That would be fellow. Uh, you know, get is get. Just, you know. Well, and there's even words. I don't know the specific dialects, but the, the nut that I say, pecan. Some oh, people yeah. say pecan. pecan. Or pecan. Or pecan. Yeah, there's so many different things you might hear. I think our dad jokingly says pecan. Of course, he says all kinds of things. He says a little different. All kinds of funny things. Um, but also holler. Yeah, holler can be like a, a valley, but it can also mean that you're shouting loudly. Yeah, I was hollering. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of fun. Have you ever heard somebody say, you're plum crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plum is just completely. It's not necessarily the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well. Y'all come back now. That's you a, here? You here? Give me that yellow mustard for my dog. <laughs> right? <laughs> so funny, yes. Anyway, okay. Well, maybe that helped. Maybe that just sparked some memories of uh, some family reunions you've been to recently, or if not, if you've just been to a good old country store out in the sticks to pull, you know, if you've had to pull over and get some gas in an unfamiliar town, you may have heard some of this behind the counter. I don't know. I was driving by a market that's. Here in Franklin, actually, some people may know which one I'm talking about, but I just thought it was so funny that it's a it's a market where you can I think it, they even had on a special event kind of sign that they were having some kind of, you know, I don't know if it was a shrimp boil or something okay. going on. But on their actual sign that was hanging on the building, it said um, fish bait here, 
And I was thinking like, do I want to eat at the same place that sells right. the fish bait? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. But yeah, markets are a fun place to listen to That's where to you're going to hear some and, real thick, uninhibited accents yeah, for sure. That's right. Men talk and shop. Okay. Well, in all of our talks of Southern dialect and, and just even where we are on the calendar this mm-hmm. month in May... Um, we decided we wanted to have a special guest who actually we've had a couple of listeners who said, are you ever going to have your mom on? That's right. So we're so honored that we get to have our matriarch here on Mother's Day week episode because it's, we're coming up on Mother's Day. So with that, don't forget to honor your mother this weekend if she is still with you. Um, definitely get time with her. And if she's not, maybe you can just honor her in some sweet way by making a recipe that she That's loved. That's a great or, idea. Or in some way honoring your mom, even if she's gone. But we're so grateful ours is with us yes. and even literally here with us today. Yeah. So the woman who taught us how to talk. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> taught us so many things. She's here with us. Be- so She is a true steel magnolia. Yes. So this is our mom, Linda. Linda to many, mamage to us. <laughs> Original mom in our world. So what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of popcorn style, ask mom some Southern expressions, and we're going to ask her just what she would What do you think say that, that What does that even mean? So, Well, first of all, I'd just like to say that I'm glad to be here with these two Beautiful Southern women who just happen to be my daughters, Lainey and Laura Beth. Well, thanks, Mom. So, thank you for gracing us with your first ever interview. (laughs) I I know you don't come into the public spotlight a lot, so (laughs) we feel honored to have you here with us. Absolutely, thanks, Mom. Okay, Um, do you want me to start out with something? Sure. Okay, hit me. Um, What would you say? What does it mean if someone is says she was madder than a wet hen? <laughs> well, I have heard that expression. Madder than a old wet hen is what how I've heard it. Okay. And um I think what it originally means is I mean, people had chickens and okay. the, the hens or the, the female chicken and they were sitting on their nest with their eggs and if somebody come came in to get the eggs from under them they might peck them oh. so they had to take water and put on them like throw some water on them so that was a wet hen and it made that hen mad I've never heard this so <laughs> Never heard this. I just thought it was like they randomly picked an animal. No. So it really is madder than an old wet hen, and that's really mad. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever been pecked by a hen? Um, Actually, I've had a rooster run after me before, and they can, what they call, flog you with, yeah, I mean... They can peck you really hard. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds if you've got If you've got a mad rooster, they're, they're madder than an old wet hen. That, that's even worse. Is <laughs> the rooster worse. even worse? It's and then, worse. Mom, you had uh, a grandmother who literally oh. would wring the neck. Well, yeah. I don't know if our listeners have ever heard of that before, but, you know, people had to... 
Uh, if they were going to eat the chickens. Well, they, hey, there was another saying. They had to kill Running them. around with the chicken like its head cut off. Oh, chicken like its head cut off. Yeah. That's another one, isn't it? That's when my true. grandma would kill the chicken, she had to wring the neck. And the head would literally come off. This sounds gross, doesn't it? It sounds disgusting, but, but it's real. It's real. And once they wrung the head off, the chicken would actually run around run without it. its head on. And it's crazy because they're running around crazy. Their nervous system still going. Isn't that wild? It's wild. So much. Our sayings are that. really do come from true things. They it really do. Like. <laughs> I didn't even wasn't even gonna go that, into that. That was one, a but. two for one on that one. <laughs> we got the chicken, the hen, the rooster. Um, okay, what if somebody said that they're just full as a tick? Uh, well, have you ever seen a tick that's real full? <laughs> I mean, they're big, fat, it's plump. It's plump. It's a big, plump tick. So if somebody's really that full, they're really full. <laughs> Do you think we have more ticks in the South? Is that why? That got brought up. I mean, it seems like... I think we do have more ticks. It seems like... I mean, I I guess I'm saying that, but I also kind of know the answer is it must be true because I was just speaking to someone that just moved here from Washington State not too long ago, and their kids had been playing near their creek and came in with some ticks on them, and they were like, great, what do we do now? They probably didn't know what that was, did they? Okay, full as a tick. That's very, very full. Now, am I going to do... Are we popcorn in? Is that what you said? All right, Mom. I didn't just fall off the turnip truck. Oh, my goodness. Well, I <laughs> I actually have not heard that one, but I can understand what it means because when the farmers came into town to sell their vegetables, they brought them in on a truck, and if they had, had to bring them, they had to bring as many as they could get on that truck. So they were piled high. Okay. So it might one of them might fall off, you know. And so uh, the saying is, I didn't just fern- fall oh. off the turnip truck. You know, I didn't just. Uh, I, I have you a ba- I have a better one than that one. I've mentioned it on this podcast before because I heard it a lot it, in my it, teenage years. It means basically the same thing. I was born in the dark, but it wasn't last night. It means I'm not stupid. So. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't heard it lately, but I, I did hear it in my teenage years. So you're not pulling anything over on me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was Yeah, that's what true. it means. Okay. That's good. I like that. Um, what, what would you describe it as when someone says, were your ears burning? Um, actually. I don't know if that's a Southern saying or not, actually. I don't know if it is or not, but I have heard that. And, uh, you know, when when somebody's talking about you or complimenting you or something like that, sometimes you get kind of embarrassed and you start get feeling a little warm, you know, mm-hmm. red on your chest or mm-hmm. even in your ear area. And so they get warm and okay. they get red and your ears are burning. Oh my goodness. Well, if so somebody's smart. talking about you. You're so smart. I didn't, I just, that's what that means. Everything on this list, I just thought was just, I don't know. Somebody just pulled it out of thin air. No, they didn't. They actually, yeah, okay. that's what it means. Well, I just saw a sign that the Franklin Rodeo is coming up. So here you, here's one for you. This ain't our first rodeo. Oh. What's that mean? <laughs> it means I've done this a lot of times. So, yeah. I'm an expert. Yeah, it's not the first time. Yeah. Um, how about she's tough as a pine knot? Well, I, I, 
Have you heard that before? No, I've not. You haven't? Uh-uh. It must just mean really tough. And I, I figured pine knot, because maybe we have a lot of well, pine trees. Pine, yeah, pine is tough, so, yeah. Well, and then, yeah, in the, you know, in a floor that has the knots in yeah. it, like, that's probably a strong part. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It has the, yeah. I'm guessing that's it. I got one, Mom. I know you, you kind of think this is a funny one. We're in high cotton. Oh, I love that saying. I love it. <laughs> We're in high cotton now. We're living in high cotton. What does that mean? It means that you're doing really good. Mm-hmm. And and where that comes from is when people raise cotton, and when it's doing really good, it gets up there high. And it means that you've got a lot of cotton. Okay. Which so equaled a lot of money. Lot of money. At that yeah. time. Cotton equals money. Yeah. And so it means that we're doing really good. We're in high cotton. I there's like a, that one. There's a restaurant in Charleston. Yes. Called High Cotton. High Cotton. I took mom there. That y'all and we had to. a Sunday brunch and we had the best time, didn't we? We did have a good time. Jazz music. It, it and was. And they, they were dancing. There was a couple that was dancing that were doing the Lindy Hop. And oh, it was so much so fun. So cute to watch. Fun. I just loved it. Yeah. Mom keeps cotton up high above in her uh-huh. in, in her home her up top on armoire thing. Yeah, I've got a little basket that's got cotton in it and um and I because I like that saying <laughs> I'm living in high cotton. That's good. That's awesome. What about I'm as poor as a church mouse? Oh, well, that's really poor. <laughs> I had that on my list, too, actually. Uh, I heard somebody say there's poor and then there's po. Po. Oh, po. <laughs> well, that's, like, even more poor than poor. Uh, I'm not real sure where that one came from. I just from. wondered why a church mouse. Well, I think of, church like... church mouse hungry? I think of, like, um, often pastors, even, like are kind of known as like not necessarily having a lot of money. Yes. Which may or may not even be accurate. But that being said, if you're living there in the church, like a church mouse okay, is not going to have really, a whole lot. Okay. To, a lot, well, of, lot less scraps in that the makes church. Sense. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I think that's probably where it came from. I don't know. Okay. What else, Lainey? Uh Doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Oh, well, a hill of beans is... I've just heard that before. I don't know. I don't really know what that means. I guess that comes from? I don't know. That's a tough one. Maybe a hill hill of beans still isn't going to equal a whole lot of money. Does that make sense? Like, well, that doesn't doesn't equal a hill of beans. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not like that would be. Probably. It's not a huge amount. A hill of cotton. (laughs) (laughs) Not like cotton. High cotton. (laughs) Uh, how about he doesn't have a pot to pee in or a window to throw it out of? <laughs> I've heard this one. I actually edited that one. Yeah, it that's not usually the harsher way to say pee. You have to edit that one because my grandma wouldn't say it quite that way, but I won't say it the way she would say it. My grandma from Gravel Hill, where I grew up. But what that means is, you know, way back when people had an outhouse. They had a pot that they peed in at night. Okay. And if if he was poor, he didn't have a pot to pee in. That's really poor. Or a window to throw it out. Or he didn't have a house yeah. with a window that he could throw it out. So This is actually similar to the church mouse. It yeah. really is. It has to do with being very poor. Very, very mm-hmm. poor. Yeah. Okay. 
So you wouldn't want to marry somebody that didn't have a pot to pee in or a window <laughs> to throw it out. <laughs> I think that's how I've heard, heard that uh, phrase. <laughs> how many more do we want to do? Because i got one I want to end on. Okay. Let me do a couple more. You okay. see, you've got just the one more? You well, got? i got a running list here. but I, Okay. Well, do, do three more. How about that? All together? Yeah. Okay. God willing in the creek don't rise. Well, uh, they they mean they're coming to something if if God is willing. Well, when the creek, right, you know, people used to live across the creek. Near a water source was yeah. a good thing, yeah. And so that was the only way they had to get out of there. And if that creek rises, you yeah, can't get there. Anywhere. So, so that, that's where I'm that was. I'm planning on from. coming. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever heard this? You ain't just whistling Dixie. I have heard that, but I'm not sure where that one, what that means, really. I think it means, this was submitted by Kelly, who is a neighbor of mine, and I think she meant that her great-grandmother meant it as, like, you weren't just talking about something. You're, you're, you've you got plans it. to do it. Okay. So I'm not just, yeah. You ain't just whistling Dixie. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're really going to do You're this. serious about right. this. Right. I've, that heard, I've heard that expression used in that in that way, but I wasn't real sure. I'm not real sure where it came from. Yeah, so I think if somebody's saying like, you know, oh, I want to have you over, that's one thing. But then if they say, hey, I bought some chicken that we're going to fry this weekend. Oh, you ain't just whistling Dixie. All right. You're serious. Yeah. Mom whistles for Dixie. That's <laughs> that's her cat. Her cat's name. All right. You end on whichever ones you want to. Okay. Got a couple of things. Somebody might say, how's your mama now? Oh, uh, well, how's your family? You know, how's your mama and them? Oh, that's your, it, your family. How's your mama and them? <laughs> that's how they say, how's your mama and them? They run it all together. It just, they're, it's very enduring, I think, mm-hmm. to say that to somebody because you're really, you really want to know how their family's mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. Sweet. Well, the one I wanted to end on is. Because I think there's many meanings. Bless your heart. And somebody says, well, bless your heart. Yeah. Well, I think that can mean uh, a couple of different things. I I like the bless your heart, and they really mean it. You know, they're really... Heartfelt. Heartfelt. But sometimes people say that, and they say it when they're kind of talking about something. Well, bless her heart. It's very condescending. Condescending. Mm -hmm. And I don't like it when it's used in that way. I don't either. But I love that saying, bless her heart. Because it comes from the heart. You're hearing a story and you go, oh, bless her heart. Yeah. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. She's going through a lot. Yeah. Or her heart. Or his heart. Yeah. Yeah. But it can be used. But sometimes people, if they don't like. Yeah. Something about somebody, ha <laughs> well, bless her heart. Bless yeah. your heart, like, you idiot. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't like that. Mom didn't teach us to use no, it that way. We don't use it like that. Well, I just wanted to end with that one, because I've heard people say, like, derogatory things about the South and saying, like, that we're, we're not real. And I think that's not accurate either. No, that's like, not there's accurate. both. Yeah. That's good. Well, thanks, Mom. Yeah. Oh, this is fun. Well, we owe a lot 
in our lives to you. Absolutely. So we couldn't do an episode on Mother's Day week without bringing you on the microphone and letting the world hear your sweet voice. Well, I am blessed, blessed to be a mother, and I thank you all for having me. Absolutely. I wanted to mention before we finish, um, many of you, I'm sure, have loved hearing our opening and closing music. It's really good picking music. And I wanted to give some shout-outs to Rob Ikes, who um, did our music. He and Trey Hensley have some upcoming dates here in the Nashville, Tennessee area. May the 9th, Rob Ikes and Trey Hensley will be at the Station Inn. Iconic place to go here picking. In Nashville, Tennessee. In Nashville. So if you, if you can, get out there on Thursday night. Um, also in Knoxville, Tennessee, at the Open Chord Music on May the 10th, so that's Friday night. Um, and then also they're going to be with Brent Mayer at the Country Music Hall of Fame on Saturday the 11th at 2 in the afternoon and back on the Grand Ole Opry on May the 14th. Now that's so, a big deal. That's a very big deal. So that's some upcoming Tennessee shows. And then for a good bit of May, they're actually going to be in Europe. So Wow, good for them. Taking the picking over the pond. That's right, spreading it abroad. Well, we hope y'all learned a little, and uh, hopefully you heard a familiar term or two, and if you didn't, then I'm sure it's going to be fun to try and put it into use this week. (laughs) Hope y'all have a great week, and we will see you here next time. Bye, guys.